The legal views and content expressed on the following program are provided solely for informational and entertainment purposes. They do not constitute or contain legal advice. How's it going, everybody? Welcome to the show. You are listening to the Break the Business Podcast. I'm Ryan Carella, and it is a pleasure to have you here this week. It is good to be back in the studio and be joined by my co-host, Dave. How's it going, Dave? Doing good, buddy. It's cold and rainy outside. But, it is. It's uh, gross. Nice and warm in here in the studio. It is very cold. Especially, yeah, uh, it's a lot warmer when I turn uh, oh, this on. Stop that. Ha. Ah. St- oh, God, I can't even see my screen. How was Nam? What... <sighs> Tell me what happened at Nam. Less bright. Oh, me, sh- should okay. we explain to the listeners what you're doing to me? Oh, there's an interrogate, a police interrogation light here that yeah. uh, Ryan foolishly left on my side of the studio, so I get to like shine it in his face whenever I want. Yes, there is a um, what, what are they called? It's, it's just a it's just a really high wattage desk lamp. Yeah, you that, know, like the the Pixar lamp, kind of like that. Yes, and I used it for a Skype call to just have more brightness on it. And I left it here on the desk, and now David is going to torture me with it. And he has no idea when I'm going to use it. It can just be come out of left field, just whenever I want, like that. Oh, it's really bright. Can you please (laughs) not do that? No. It'll happen a few more times throughout the show. I can imagine. It's going to be right when I'm trying to make an important point, and then you distract me. Yeah, especially because I think we're going to have a disagreement coming up later in a few minutes. I can see this now. Like We're going to fight about something, and then if you feel like you're losing grip on the argument, you're just going to flash that in my face and make, ha I win because you got distracted. No, or if I think also you're you're getting down for the count, this will be my finish him move. That too. Want to hear a quick funny story? Yes, and... From the very good mm-hmm. from the Huffington Post, police in Pensacola arrested 52-year-old Charles William Rollerson early Sunday after getting a call about a naked man in a car wash parking lot. Are you already intrigued? Why is this the first thing we're doing? I don't Just know because I saw it and it's quick. I didn't know where else to put it. Responding officers reported seeing Rollerson standing around without pants, blaring music from his vehicle, according to the Pensacola News Journal. When deputies asked Rollerson to put his clothes on, he told the officers, they took off running by themselves without me. (laughs) Okay. Is that it? That's it. That guy was on so many drugs. I can imagine. No, I'm sure he was perfectly lucid. It's good to see you again, buddy. Oh, yeah, that's right, because you you were out last week for NAMM. I know. Yeah. That's so funny, because I kind of wanted to go originally, but I had some stuff come up anyway. But uh, you know what's so funny? Because you know we're, we're best friends, right? Yeah, we're we're like you're the man in my life. Just it, thank you. I've been waiting for so long for you to say that. You know, um, I just I just needed to work up the courage. Is all. Okay. Yeah, that's good. Why didn't you Why didn't you say something earlier, Ryan? Why didn't oh, you say something earlier? Oh, stop it! Say something oh, it's so bright. Okay. I wonder if the listeners. I wonder if the sound of the clicking could they hear it? Picks up oh, so yeah. that they know when you turn the light on. Wait, wait, wait. Please do it in the clear. Oh, that's got to pick up. Yeah, it's got to pick up. Oh, I'm hoping. Either that, either that, I could... You know how when... I can put it right up to the... Oh, shit. <laughs> the light's attacking you. <laughs> you know how, like, when you accidentally stare into the sun, and then when you blink, you still see the sun, like, popping up? This is happening to me yeah. now. Wherever I blink, I see light bulb, and it's driving acci- me crazy. How do you accidentally stare into the sun? It's kind of a noticeable celestial object. I mean, how long has it been there, really? I mean, five billion years, like, it just showed up. Hmm. Came out of nowhere five billion years ago. Well, unless you go to that museum in Kentucky. Oh, God. Whenever I, whenever I look at your face and I blink, I just see a light bulb in the middle of your face now. No, no, no you just stupid. see a light. You just see a brightness emanating from me. Well, in addition yeah. to that brightness, I always about? see emanating oh, from yeah, you. That's right. So, yeah. just, just really quickly. Yeah. We're best buds and everything, and you wanted me to help you out. You wanted me to house it for you while you were gone. That's right, yeah. Because even like you know your your wife went along with you, and you know you've got your uh, you've got the dog here. Yeah. And I was like, sure, buddy, no problem. You know, like you know, we we always do stuff for each other. You know, you've helped me out. I'm gonna help you out. You're a good buddy. Yeah. And then uh, it became clear to me that you your intention was for me to actually take an entire week off of work, so I can just sit around your house. And look after your dog in the house. That's not true. I basically told her, like, okay, you know, you know, I'll be, yeah, I can stay over, look at the, the dog, you know. Is the dog able to be inside on her own for a long stretch of time? Because, you know, I gotta, I'm, I'm working. And you were kind of like, uh, oh. 
And then right, be- right be- before zero hour, I get a message from you saying, oh, don't worry. Uh, one of my wife's friends is going to come over here. Did, did, did that girl have a job? I think it was a guy. Oh, it was a guy? Was it, did that guy have a job? He's a student. Oh, he's, he's a grad student, right? Yeah. So he has no job. And his hours are very flexible. That's right. You basically sandbagged me because I had a job. You wanted me to actually take a week off of work, take personal time for the express purposes of sitting in here. You know, a true friend would have stepped up. By the way, I also and realized that the friendship was more important than the job that you know feeds you and clothes pays me. You and yeah, because you were not going to. You were just going to say, "Well, the refrigerator will be stocked." Full refrigerator privileges, except for the Twizzlers. Those are my Twizzlers. I don't like Twizzlers. Well, good, because they're mine. Look. I need to defend myself here. You can't. No, of course I can. I asked you if you could house sit. Yeah. You were 100% on board because you're a good dude. Yeah. And I appreciate that. I knew that it would be an inconvenience to you because you work hard, because you're a lawyer, you work long hours. And so when the opportunity presented itself that a friend of my wife's was willing to house sit and did not have the same work schedule as you... I was willing to have that person step in so that you could be off the hook. I was doing you a solid, buddy. I can't believe this is like a, this is something that upsets you, that you feel like I casted you aside. I spared you some annoying labor. Did you? I mean, yeah. Don't do it. The button. Don't, 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 don't hit, hit the button. Please don't just turn apologize. that damn light just on. Apologize. For what? What am I apologizing for? For sparing you work? Oh, it's so bright. I'm going to train you by the end of this episode. <laughs> I'm going to condition you. This is going to be a great psychology experiment we're going to uh, be doing right I now. I can't read my screen. Is it Skinner? Was that the one like the operant conditioning? Oh, um, Milgram. Stanley Milgram, the one who shocks people. Wasn't, but also wasn't like Skinner the guy did that too? Oh, that could be. I don't know. Like, I'd, l- I'd look it up on Google, but I can't see my screen right now because oh. all I see is light bulb. Okay. All right, just, 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 just remember, I got my hand I, on the button. I, I don't understand. What is a better act of friendship on my part? To have you do an annoying work project for me or not to do an annoying work project for me? Ryan, just apologize. I don't know what I'm apologizing for. Don't you hit that button, I swear to God. Ryan, just apologize. I don't know what I'm saying. Just No, no, okay, okay don't, don't push the button. Don't push the button, okay? What do you think I should be apologizing to you for? Audience, I asked him to apologize, didn't I? Three. I'm just shield my eyes. I don't know. Say Fine, it. I'm sorry. I don't know for what, but I am sorry. Boy, I think did we just prove that enhanced interroga- interrogation does not work? <laughs> I just got you to say whatever I wanted you to say. I would have given you the damn launch codes for you to not do that to my face again. It's so bright. Well, there we go. An experiment performed here. What is the wattage on that? That's. This is your lamp, not mine. I know, it's... God. It's like a freaking searchlight right in my face. Um, Hey, welcome to Break the Business Podcast. How's it going? Ma'am was great. We we haven't even said hello to them or given out any information. Oh, yeah, that's true. Okay. um, Hey, welcome to the show. Download us us on iTunes, subscribe. Also on SoundCloud. Uh, I think the other platforms we've given up on, we don't give a crap about. Uh, Follow me on Twitter at MetalDave85. Follow Ryan over here at Ryan, K-A-I-R. Send us your questions. uh, Breakthebusiness at gmail.com. My retinas are fried. Oh, that's too bad. Do you think more light would actually help it? No, I think it would actually have the opposite effect, if I had to hazard a guess. Is it so fried, if we put it back in the fryer, it'll somehow defry itself? What in the world works that way? You don't want to try it? I really don't. You don't trust me? I, I Not, not. <laughs> See, this is why you didn't want me to house it. Anyway. Because <laughs> you probably would have just done this to my dog all day. So, uh, yeah, so find us all there. You know you know the drill. You know the places to go. Facebook and all that stuff. And yeah. It, it is what it is. Use Google. Um, so, Ryan, how was Nam? Nam was good. Um, I, I enjoyed going. I gave the speech there about uh, negotiating a recording agreement in 2017. And as we talked about a couple weeks ago, remember, the whole idea was that Nam wanted me to give a speech on negotiating record deals. Right. And you know me. You know what this podcast is about. I'm not about to give that speech. Your whole intent was to crash the party, was to have someone go, you know, it's like, welcome to negotiating contracts and record deals. You don't. And have someone go, what? And that's basically what happened. So... 
here's what I did. Uh-huh. Um, do you remember uh, the Colbert Report? Yes, so, of course. Do you remember he, he used to do that segment called The Word? Yes. Where he would like say, he would be the straight man, and then the text behind him would be saying... Would apply the, the joke, basically? Exactly. I did that. And so what I said was, Nam's going to want me to tell, you know, to, to give you the company line. And so that's what I'm going to say. But don't look at what I'm putting up on the screen. Just don't you worry about it. You made a PowerPoint it. presentation to go along with you. That was Stephen Colbert's The that's Word, right. basically. So, for so ex- you ripped it off. Yeah, By the way, this will come off later on in another topic. Oh, I, I totally ripped off Colbert. But, well, like, for example, I said, you know, I mean, everybody knows that if you're trying to promote your music, there's really no way to do it other than a record label. And then I clicked a button and behind me it was like the Facebook logo, the Twitter logo. And I was like, oh, yeah. and, and good luck getting your music distributed without a label. And then TuneCore, CD Baby, DistroKid, Ditto pops up. And yeah. basically that was the theme for it, a did, good chunk did, of the speech. Did you get some laughs? Oh, no, they loved it. Well, don't, it, don't, it, don't, did they get some laughs? Oh no, they loved it. What? Come on. Oh, the, the, okay. Open your ears. Yeah, you're right. Sorry. So, sorry. My, you would think that now that I've been blinded, the other senses would become more heightened. Yeah, I didn't ear blind you. Although I could do that by, I could start yelling in the microphone and uh, turn on the light at the same time to have a sensory overload that would turn you into a quivering mass of protoplasm on the floor. That'd probably be the most entertaining podcast episode we've done. Oh, yeah. Um, it was a polarizing speech. Mm-hmm. Most of the crowd was artists, young people, and they dug it. They loved it. There were some people who were upset. There were a couple folks in suits and ties who were probably a little industry affiliated. Uh-huh. And they didn't like the anti-label message. I saw one guy visibly shaking his head throughout the entire speech. It was super distracting. But did you find it funny? Did I you, mean... Did you, at that point, did you have to like focus your attention on him every time he gave a line? I, I was actually like every yeah. time like it, 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 it affected the quality of my speech because every time I would say something that I knew would be a little controversial, I immediately looked at that guy and he was just going, nope, 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 nope. And I kind of wanted to call him out during the speech. Be like, sir, you're being very distracting. And of course, he'd be like, I'm not making any noise. And it's just like, look, but I have ADD and you keep shaking your head. And eventually he walked out and a couple other people walked out of the speech. But most people stayed. You and say like, "Sir, I have ADD, anti-distributors disorder." Hey, mic drop. Yeah. But most of the folks stayed and they enjoyed it and made a lot of connections, turned a lot of people onto the podcast. And so, for those of you who are listening to the speech and you're listening now, welcome. Um, I know we haven't talked much music business, and most of the show's just been David shining a really bright light in my face. But this is pretty much what we do, right? Wait, this is this is wait. You ha- you can have people listening to us now for the first time because they were at your talk. Yeah, this is very irresponsible of you. Then why? How have you let it get off the rails so much? <laughs> yes, it's my fault. And my fault. It gets off. I, the rails. I feel like so f- we've dis- we've discovered that pretty much everything is your fault because so far because as we know on this podcast. David is Mr. Stay on Topic, and Ryan is taking off the rails McGee over here. You know what's interesting? You don't see Waffle Houses as much anymore. <laughs> That's not true. There's probably some... Uh... <laughs> they're, they're plentiful. What are you doing? I've never seen a Waffle House with all of its letters lit up and intact. Okay, I've never seen a Waffle House outside of a highway context. They're never just in the middle of suburbs. Oh, yeah. For us, anyway. That's true. I, I, I can't speak for the rest of the country, but for South Florida... Once you get on the turnpike, yeah, then you'll find some Waffle Houses. Can I just say a few more things about Nam? Oh, yeah, yeah, sure. So Nam was great. Uh, met a lot of great bands. Uh, some cool metal bands that I want to have on the show. A couple ah, of metal nice. groups, yeah. Um, Metallica? No, but... God, you keep getting me off topic. No, but um, who's the dad guy in Metallica? Ray Burton, right? Yeah, the one I met. He was there. Oh, sweet. Did you tell him I say hi? Um, no, I did not. Did you go up to him? No, his booth, as you can imagine, was very crowded. He was doing a signing, and oh, it was it was it was like fifty people deep. I mean, you got his autograph oh. when you met him, didn't you? I didn't get his autograph. I just got a picture of him. I met, spoke a few words with him. That's that's even better. You don't get you don't get Ray Burton's autograph. You just meet the man. Well, tell but that to you, all the people at Nam who was getting who were getting his autograph. But why wouldn't? So what is fifty people? You wait. You wait, right? Well, I'm not a Metallica you fan. Are, are you a fan of life? What's wrong with you, sir? Are you? Don't, Sir, don't you click that button. Hmm. Look, um, I know I met some other metal bands, some great indie bands, uh, Red Queen and Song Hammer. We're going to try to get them on the show in the next few weeks because they're awesome. They do a lot of cool things with their career. I saw the picture you tweeted out with Song Hammer. Yes. With, with your Warhammer. Yes. They're cool. These guys do like metal music 
and they get gigs in the video game industry. They play mm-hmm. at conventions and stuff, and they walked around with these giant hammers, and it was great. Nice. So it, you should bring out your LARPing gear. I kind of wanted to. Yeah. Like, they seem like they'd be good guys to party with. Um, and one thing that Nam reminds me of uh-huh. is, as I was just walking through this very large hall, I mean, you're talking about several football fields long, filled with nothing but Yeah, it's the Anaheim Convention Center. It's yeah. huge. And I kept, you know, talking to people who had booths and they were running stuff. And I kept hearing the same story over and over because I was curious. I would ask him, how did you create this product that you have? Mm-hmm. And this, the story I heard many times was, well, I was a musician. I still am a musician, but, and I just found that I was having problem X. Maybe it was something falling off his guitar or he didn't like the sound of something he was creating, but he encountered some problem in his music career Mm -hmm. and he created a product himself to solve it. And now he has his own company. And Mm -hmm. it was a story I heard many, many times. And so it has me telling all the artists out there that, you know, keep your eyes open throughout your career for problems that can be solved in your business that can be solved with something you can make something you can create a method of something that you can develop and that might be an extra business opportunity for you i like that you know maybe next year go around with a microphone and recorder sort of the people of nam like the men and women there who have faces of nam yes who have done things and you know like what what, what yeah the, what did they encounter what have they invented what have they created for other musicians in the industry, what have they done? I think that'd be cool. That would be cool. It really sucks that we came up with this awesome idea and na- the a next week NAM after. isn't going to be for 11 months and three weeks. Isn't there another NAM in the middle of the country? Isn't there like, because this is winter NAM, right? Yeah, there's a summer NAM in Nashville. It's not nearly as big as this NAM. Is it? Why? Well, because Just... it's, it's like it's like the satellite NAM. It's not like, like Anaheim NAM is the NAM. This is like kind of like the minor NAM. Yeah. So there's a minor name and a major name. <laughs> it's a music show. Music notes. <laughs> Note um, humor. All right. But that, no, joke, it, that joke was not flat. <laughs> that was an A. <laughs> if I don't laugh, are you going to uh, shine oh, that light? Oh, you're right. Good idea. Oh, God. There's that stupid light. Thank yeah. you. Um, all right. So that was Nam. Nam was great. And, um, Did what? you do anything else in... Uh... SoCal while you were there? Did you do Disneyland? I did, actually. Oh, cool. What'd you do? Um, What did we do? I mean, we stayed there for a day. Yes. I mean, a lot of the Disneyland stuff and the Disney World stuff is similar. And I've been to Disney World a bunch of times, so it's just kind of the same stuff. It's Disney World, but smaller. Well, yeah, we know that because it's only just like the one park in the middle of a city. It's not like they are sprawling Orlando complex. That's right. We know that. Uh, Did you do Star Tours? No. Um, First of all, the Star Wars line was super... Don't you... Click that button again. They have Star Tours in Disney Ryan, World, and the line was over an hour long. Right. What time did you get there, Ryan? Uh, Like th- 3 o'clock. Oh, Ryan. Unfortunately, you can't do anything to correct this behavior. It's too late. So you must be punished. Oh, God, so bright. Feel the light. Feel it. Uh, I'm just going to keep my eyes covered. Oh. No, you can't cover your eyes. Take it, Ryan. I need to read Take my notes to get to the next segment. We're talking about Disney, Ryan. There's no notes. You still want to talk about... What else do you want to know about Disneyland? You were there recently. You know what's there. Yes, indeed. I did Star Tours four times. Of course I got did. there right at opening. Of course What was you your did. problem? Why, who goes to Disneyland at 3 o'clock I know, in the afternoon? It was, admittedly, it was a weird time to go to That's, Disney. What What would you do in the morning? Um, I think we, something NAM-related... What days you go? It was in the middle of the week. I don't remember which day. It was like a Wednesday. On a Wednesday with like, school in session, you wait until 3 o'clock to go to Disney. Yes, because I still had work. I had to work during... Like I went to NAM in the early morning. I worked... No, what'd you do? There's nothing to do. Yeah, Your speech was... Your, your talk... No, your speech. Your talk was on Sunday. Yeah. Right. No, I still had like my actual day job in Miami. No, it doesn't matter. You were on vacation. It wasn't a vacation. Yeah. It was it my the work was very much still going on and Oh, so and so basically it's it'd be weird of me to ask you to stop working in the middle of the week to, you know, relax and do nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, I wonder what that's I like. I was doing you a favor. I knew you were busy, and I somebody else stepped up who was less busy. Would you have rather house sat my house while doing your job? Like, I can't believe we're going back to this. What would have been better for you, to house sit my house while trying to do your job or to not have to worry about it? 
Didn't I? Wasn't wasn't what uh, happened to you the best case scenario? Well, you know, I guess what would have happened if my friend, you know, would have trusted me. But you know, I guess who needs that? By the way, the, the, you you Nam folks tuning in for your first episode. This also may be the last one you ever hear. So you know, hey, that's cool. Yeah. Wow, that bitter, huh? Yeah, man. Yeah. Because I wouldn't let you house sit my house for free. Plus, you went to Disneyland at three o'clock. Who does that? That's that, that's that, just that's a lack of character. Agreed. That's the more egregious offense. I'm with you on that. Can I talk about something music business related? I, if you have to. I mean, we've already got NAM, a streak going. All the NAM people who are listening are like, what the hell is this crap? Those record executives are right to shake their head. That's right. <laughs> um, so I have a listener question. Ooh, okay. Remember, you, nice. can, you can email show questions if you want us to talk about something on the air, either music industry related or pop culture related. By emailing breakthebusiness at gmail.com. You can also tweet at me at Ryan K-A-I-R or at Dave at Metal Dave 85. You've paid attention so well because I already gave out that information. I know. I'm just it's repetition, man. It's, okay. it's how you create, you know, shut up. You already gave out that information though. I know, but it's just it was it was in the context of, hey, how can people reach out to us with questions? Right, but you gave out that information though already. I gave out the information. Well, I know, but people listen to it more when it comes from me. They trust me. You didn't get the joke of what I was doing, did you? No, I. What do you? Because you just said it's repetition, man. You just got to keep saying oh, it. Oh, for God's so sake! So I wanted to get us in the loop. You I, suck. I didn't know what you were doing there. Come on, man! I, you're a better improv partner than this. I'm really not. Here's the question: <laughs> A couple weeks. Uh, this is from a listener. Uh, a couple weeks ago, you mentioned that Danielle ate the sandwich, was soliciting chord progressions and song ideas from her fans for her 24-hour album. If a fan drafted lyric does does make it into a song. At what point does that person become a co-writer of a song? That's a really good question. It was a good question, so much so that we ended up spending 10 minutes discussing this off mic. Yes. Which was, it stinks, but... Yeah, we had, we had a fight about it, but... Yeah. But, he, but here's why it's interesting. Well, yeah, you, you explain your premise first well, and answer well, the question. Well, well let, me, let me take people back a couple weeks in case they didn't hear that episode. Okay. So we had an artist named Danielle Ate the Sandwich who did this really cool promotion where she made an album in 24 hours... And allowed her patrons on Patreon to watch her uh, via live stream actually put the album together over the 24 hours. And as part of making the album, she reached out to her fans on Twitter and basically crowdsourced song ideas. Hey, you got a great chord progression? Or is there something you want me to talk about in one of the songs? And she you know, crowdsourced from her fans to make it a more collaborative experience. But does doing that, does that essentially make all of those people who have volunteered ideas co-authors such that they would then be entitled to the copyright or a piece of the copyright for contributing something. And this is an important question for a lot of reasons. One, joint authors, if you have a work that two or more people created, that's a joint work. Mm -hmm. And joint authors have a bunch of rights, um, including the fact that either, that they're entitled to a equal share of the copyrights proceeds mm -hmm. unless they have an agreement saying otherwise. So if two people write a work together, it's 50-50, regardless of how much one person or the other contributed. Um, furthermore, all joint authors, unless there is an agreement to the contrary, have equal right to go out and exploit the work however they want to without getting the other person's permission, as long as they share in the proceeds when mm -hmm. the money comes in. So if you're doing the Danielle ate the sandwich thing and soliciting crowdsourced ideas from your fans over Twitter... You probably don't want them all to become joint authors. So what can you do about that? And generally, courts have held that in cases where there is a big disparity between the person making the work and what are called uh, beta contributors, you know, people who kick small ideas mm -hmm. your way, um, that there must be proof that both individuals in question intended for the work to be a joint work in order for them ever all of them to be co-authors in the work so if you're danielle ate the sandwich and you're going on twitter and saying hey send me some you know do you have an idea that you want to pitch me for a song and they send it over in that context it's unlikely that all the fans on twitter are thinking to themselves hey i'm creating a copyrightable work with danielle ate the sandwich and we're all going to be co-authors together and so in that context Danielle probably would not have to worry about all those people then saying, okay, you know, you, you know, me and the 55 other people that gave you ideas, we each get 156th of this work now. And the policy reason behind this 
um, for those of you who might be wondering how that kind of rule came into place, is that we want to encourage others to be able to get encourage authors to be able to get help from others. If you are writing a magazine article, uh, you want to be able to get somebody to be your editor without that editor then saying, well, I changed two of your sentences and you know rework some of your structure. Now we own this work together. And they want to be able allow people to get those kind of contributions without it automatically creating a joint work of authorship as long as the contributions are small. But here, but here's where we then veered sharply divergent. Because the listener question starts with, you know, contributing song lyrics. Yeah, it was like a lyric. Right? Okay. It was, it was fan-drafted lyric is the... Right, yes. The okay, and you were talking about like, oh, submitting ideas and chord progressions and all that. And you're right, fine. If someone says, hey, Danielle, write a song about a guy that was in love and is no longer in love. And she does that. Yeah, it's kind of hard for someone to say, oh, look, that's my song. You know, eh, whatever. It's like just a general, very idea that's just in the ether there. My whole thing was... If someone submits lyrics, song lyrics, that make their way into a song, the whole idea of, well, if they didn't start out with the intention of being a co-author, you can start out with not having intention for lots of things, but as they go on, they morph, you know? Mm -hmm. It basically, you know, enters, someone did a service for you, and basically now you're saying, well, I'm not going to pay you for that service, you know? Because... And we were talking about this. Song lyrics can be very... If someone says, like, oh, well, you contributed 20 words, who cares? Yeah, 20 words in War and Peace is nothing. 20 words in a song lyric with, you know, chorus and repetition, or three stanzas, suddenly becomes a big deal. And to me, that person, regardless of whether they intended it, if a person on Twitter says, yeah, here, Danielle, I'm, here's my 140 characters I'm going to use and give you two lyrics... However, whatever that means, because also two lyrics just by itself, like what is a lyric? How long is that? Gets it, she uses it, puts it in his song, and then says, Hey, whoa, 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 I don't have to worry, you're not a co-author. Oh, wait. You know, to me, that's not right. Well, two things I would say in response to that. First, like the law is the law, Jack. What do you want me to do? You want me to go lobby Congress? Like you're just following orders? That's right. <laughs> Swalked into that, didn't I? And here's the second point. <laughs> just because I want to drift off from the first point, which makes me sound like a Nazi. Mm. Um, the second point is, if the contributions become substantive enough, then this general rule kind of withers away, and you are getting into more of a traditional co-author scenario. Now, here's the kind of... But in, when you're talking about just a quick contribution, you're probably not going to run into a situation where somebody can then say they're a co-author. That being said... Important disclaimer here. We're not giving legal advice, as the disclaimer at the beginning of the show mm -hmm. says. And every case is different. So if you as an artist are thinking of doing a similar thing to what Danielle ate the sandwich did, make sure that you talk to an attorney first and make sure that you are what you're doing, you're doing it in a way that doesn't put your copyrights at risk. Every situation is unique, and depending on how you do it and the kind of contributions you get, mm -hmm. it could create a difficult situation for us and you you don't want to get into a situation where people who you know people come out of the woodwork and say they have rights to a copyright i give you actually give you a good example of this dave uh, before i gave my speech at nam uh the person who spoke before me mm -hmm. was aaron m jacobson who we've had on this podcast mm -hmm. before uh, twice i believe mm -hmm. and she told this story of a band that was in the studio making an album and they had a bunch of groupies in the studio a bunch of hangers on and they made this whole album together and all of a sudden, um, the song becomes a big hit. And a few weeks after the song becomes a big hit, one of the groupies calls up one of the members of the band and says, hey, remember when we were in the studio, you know, drinking and eating pizza, and uh, I gave you that great idea for the song, and then you told me that you'd give me 10% of the song in exchange? And they said, no, we don't know what you're talking about. That's not what happened at all. Well, I'm going to hire a lawyer and I'm going to get my 10%. And she hired a lawyer and there was the threat of a lawsuit. And they basically did the math on how much litigation with this lady would cost. And they realized that the best case scenario was they had to give her 10%. Do we know if that actually happened? I mean, nobody knows for sure whether, you know, I mean, only the people in the room eating the pizza, drinking the beer know for sure. Mm -hmm. But something it, tells me they weren't eating pizza. <laughs> anyway but you know i what? think i think the example i think in the hypothetical she did i think there was pizza either way yeah. um 
you might be wondering as an artist, well, how can I prevent that scenario? Right. And the way you can is with split sheets. So mm-hmm. I think this is a good segue to talk about split sheets because I think this is you know great, important advice. So when you are writing with co-authors, when you got a group of people together and you're writing a song together, when the song is done, um, and this is going to sound super uncool, not rock and roll at all, but when the song is done, you pull out a split sheet. This is a document that says that where all the people who wrote the song write their names on it, write down the percentage that they contributed to the song, music and lyrics. You provide information about your who your performance rights organization is, ASCAP, BMI. If you have a co-publishing deal, who that is. And basically everybody agrees, all the co-writers agree about who's who wrote the song and what their percentage ownership is. And you get them to sign that right then and there. And so there is no scenario of somebody saying they should get more or no groupie that comes out of the woodwork. And I can just uh, quickly here, mm-hmm. um, if, you've got, if you're going to make a split sheet, there are certain things you want are going to want to make sure in it. I mean, first you want to talk to a lawyer, make sure you get a good one. But you want to make sure that split sheet has the name of the song, the date it was written, uh, personal information, name, addresses, birth dates of all the co-writers, who their PRO is, ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC, um, you know, each writer's percentage ownership of music and lyrics, and most importantly, make sure that everybody signs the damn thing. Uh, it's not rock and roll at all because you just want to like groove and have fun and you know, nobody likes the guy who brings ink and paper into this, but copyrights are so important and if you get that split sheet together, it can save you a lot of heartache down the road. And if you don't like ink and paper, there's actually a great service called Song Splits, which is a website that does all this split sheet stuff online so you don't mm-hmm. have to actually like do contracts and stuff. And and I've I've played with it before. I think it's a pretty good way to manage your song splits. Uh, that's a songsplits.com. There you go. Hmm. Nice uh, free plug. So yeah, that was good. Was good. We got into some meaty music industry stuff there. Yeah, I feel like if we had recorded our first argument, it would have been a lot better. I feel like you sort of uh, acquiesced there here on air. I yeah. have I have learned throughout this podcast that when I fight with you, I get blinded by my desk lamp. Oh, you're learning. Yes, so I, I'm I'm trying good to boy. I'm trying to stay on your good side. Good boy, that's a good Ryan. Yes, indeed. <laughs> All right, uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be right back on the Break the Business podcast. Ryan here from the podcast. Shameless plug time. My new book, Break the Business: Declaring Your Independence and Achieving True Success in the Music Industry, is now available in paperback and an ebook. The book talks about how you can be your own boss in your music career and take control of your content creation, promotion, distribution, and fundraising. Get your copy on Amazon by searching Break the Business. It's a nice read for musicians and the people who love them. That's Break the Business, declaring your independence and achieving true success in the music industry. Thanks very much for your support. Welcome back, everybody. Dave, what's the best way to explain to people what this segment is? For the new NAM people who don't kind of know what the show is about, I mean, what sort of happens here? Nothing. That's what you I mean. Yeah, it's true. That was it's a succinct. segment about nothing. Yeah. It's not a, you know, we, we like to sprinkle in some pop culture and. No, no, no. Nothing. Fair enough. Let the nothing begin. Do you have something? No, I got nothing. How could you have nothing? Because that's what this segment is. Well, we got to have something. Well, now, what, what, are, what, are, what, are, can't we have, trying, what can't, are we trying to do here? You can't have something for nothing. <laughs> the board's got stuff. Oh, the board. Yeah. Let's what, do that. Yeah, let's, let's talk about what's on the board. I see... I put my glasses on. You wrote it! <laughs> okay. Oh, so yesterday I saw, I, I want to see, definitely these for the Best Picture nominees for the Oscars. Yeah. I want to see uh, as many of them as I can. Uh, hopefully, it may all of them. But uh, I've already saw, I've seen La La Land. Loved it. Manchester by the Sea. Loved it. And yesterday I saw Hidden Figures and Moonlight. Loved them both. Really? None of them have, so you're on board with all the nominees for Best Picture so far? So far, so good. Moonlight was a freaking masterpiece. That's what I heard. It's it's great, you know, uh, d- written and directed by Barry Jenkins, local uh, Miami boy. You know, there's some uh, areas where you're like, oh, hey, I know that place. So 
it's basically between La La Land and Moonlight, right? That's kind of what I'm getting the vibe That's of. That's far from what I've seen. I mean, maybe Manchester can sneak in there. Very sad movie. Very sad. Uh, but also still good. Um, what else is there? Hacksaw Ridge. I can't. I don't see how that's going to get in there. Um, with Arrival, I don't see that doing anything. Fences, you know, I mean, that'll be, that could be interesting. Fences, yeah. Yeah, not Hidden Fences. Hidden <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh no, that was funny. Yeah, but uh, no, Hidden Figures was great, man. You get to learn about like, holy sh- shoot me! It's like, yeah, the contribution of these African American women to the space program that looks cool. Yeah, it's almost funny. It's if they feel like watch Hidden Figures and the right stuff to get in a very nostalgic early space race mood. I bet. Yeah, I I, I did. I, I I haven't seen any of the Best Picture nominees. I got to get on that. I've been watching way too many, like, date kind of movies. I mean, I haven't really had time to see any movies. Well, last movie you saw, I think, was Moana. Moana. Oh, no, no, no. You did see Rogue One. You did see, yes, Rogue One. Yeah. There you go. Rogue One was great. How- that, that should have been nominated for Best Picture. I, I, I mean, granted, I don't really have much of a say in this because I haven't seen any of the nominees, but yeah, kind of. I mean, don't they have 10 nominees? I would say Rogue One's got to be one of the 10 best movies made this year. I mean, Deadpool didn't even get in, and that at least got a Golden Globe for Best Picture uh, Comedy Musical. Yeah, I feel like that Best Picture Comedy Musical category, that really lets a lot of stuff get well, in. Well, remember, what was it? Martian won uh, the year before. Yeah. Which was, I mean, even Matt Damon on the broadcast called it out how stupid that was. Hey, it, was, it, was, it, was a, it was a heady play on the part of the filmmakers there. Cause they knew they weren't going to win for best drama. So they said, Oh, Matt Damon tells a couple haha jokes in this. Let's squeeze him into the best comedy category. And I bet we can win that. Cause it's significantly less competition. That was a smart play. Heady play by the Martian producers. Well done. A well-earned see, golden. Yeah, globe. Hacksaw, oh, hell or high water. I got to see that. That's that, uh, sort of modern day Western with, uh, Chris Pine, Ben Foster and, uh, Jeff Bridges. I got to see that. That'd be good. Um, Anyway, yeah, that's that's what I want to do, and I'm also hopefully, and I think in a few weeks they'll release. I've mean, you know what I've never done, I've seen the theaters. They do all the animated shorts and live action shorts together, like they release them all in one package. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. I've never done that. Um, there was a theater in New York when I lived up there that you could buy a ticket, mm-hmm. and it was a little more expensive than one movie, but you could watch all the Best Picture nominees in a day. Oh, nice! And I don't know if you can still do that now that it's well, ten. Yeah, from five movies to ten, it's 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 not. That'd be a miserable day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but back when it was five, maybe maybe it's like a two day thing now. But yeah, I do think it'd be fun to see all the shorts. Yeah. But anyway, that's what I did yesterday. That, that was good. And you know what I did too? I because I wanted to support both films. Yeah. I didn't do the thing. I didn't stay in the theater and just went from Hidden Figures to Moonlight. I actually went back out and purchased a ticket to Moonlight. You didn't steal a movie, is what you're saying? I didn't steal a movie. That would have kind of been theft. <laughs> No, like, do you want me? Like, do you want us to applaud you for not breaking the law? Is what you're saying? I mean, I think I'm a hero. You know, you Ryan. Go. Not all wear heroes. You're wear... not a criminal. Yeah, Ryan. Not all all heroes wear capes, but in this case, I am wearing a cape, so I'm a hero. <laughs> Let's go with it. They can't see. <laughs> I know they can't see when you abuse me with that yeah. light. Um. Oh, so here's the thing. Because you asked me, like, oh, have you seen a dog's purpose? I'm like, well, no. And you're like. And you wanted to fight me about it. I want to see this movie. Why? It looks just so, so oh, look, awesome honey, and lovable. That's oh no, our heart can't feel emotions right now. But maybe this lovable golden retriever will will melt our icy hearts and let us love again. I hope nothing happens to the dog because generally speaking, in these movies something happens to the dog. I was listening. To, it's funny you bring that up. Uh, I was listening to the podcast, my brother, my brother, and me, uh-huh. and one of the guys on that show said. Uh, I mean, he was sort of questioning sort of the idea of putting that together. It's like, you know what people love most about Marley and me? The last 10 minutes. Let's just do that over and over for a whole movie. If, if that's the dog's purpose, then I'm not yeah, going to see it. But like also the, just, the dog just, keeps dying and reincarnating, but it just seems, it's a dog movie. It looks really lovable. You only reason you want to see it is because you are an owner of a golden retriever. Exactly. So here's what you're saying. I'm going Dave, to watch that movie come home and hug my dog. I want to spend $10 to see a golden retriever. Can you just look at the one in your living room? But who will take my $10? I want to spend $10 to watch a better behaved golden retriever. A golden retriever that actually does the things that people get golden retrievers. Oh, I mean like when do? they when they force them into a water that they don't want to be in, then torture the oh, animals. Oh, here we go. Every, suddenly, you know, 
a, a out of context, poorly edited Twitter, grainy Twitter video comes out and all of a sudden everybody's an animal rights activist. I haven't even seen it. You... <laughs> but but you've but, already made your judgment. But I'm not the one ad- that's like, oh, dude, bro, dog's purpose. We got to go. I, this is what I'm going to say. Just watch your damn dog. It's not the same. Like, oh, but because Dennis Quaid's there. That's exactly right. Then call Dennis Quaid like, and get him to oh, sit next to your dog. If I could pay $10 for Dennis Quaid to come to my house and pet my dog, yes, I would do that. But I can't, so I have to pay this movie that apparently abuses dogs. Good good, good showing by you. Really, <laughs> really, really good stuff. You, This doesn't intrigue you. You don't like movies with adorable animals. Didn't you grow up watching Homeward Bound and uh, White Fang and... Balto, and I know one of those is animated, but I'm having trouble thinking of dog movies all of a sudden. Yeah, Balto is animated. Um, yeah, those are fine then. I just I don't care now. Did you stop loving dogs at some point? Like you you turned like 17, you're like, no more adorable dog movies. No, but just that movie doesn't look interesting to me. It doesn't. Aren't you're a dog person? You're not anti-dog. Like you don't want to watch dogs being awesome for two hours. No, if that's if you're making a whole motion picture based on the idea that just about a dog, no. I I'm mean, fine. if somebody made a movie where all it was was just a basically just editing together all of those YouTube videos of dogs like going nuts when they see their owners coming home from war, I would pay ten dollars to see that. You know what? You know what would be a good solo dog movie to see? Mm. A Chewbacca movie. <laughs> I'll see that. There you go. Speaking of Star Wars. Speaking of Star Wars. How have you gone so long into this movie discussion and not talked about the big Star Wars news? I thought for sure you were going to lead the damn show with it, given how big of a Star Wars person you are. Oh, you mean do the whole thing where I do Star Wars? Yes. I I honestly thought that's what was coming. No, I can't. You can't just break that out whenever. Then it loses its meaning. It's been broken out twice. I know, but I figured that this announcement, which is of the t- what what is going to be the title for the new Star Wars movie, know, would be great. enough to awaken the Star Wars freak in you and completely derail the show. No, I thought you were going to derail the show with that instead of derailing the show with you constantly shining that damn light in my eye. Take the finger off the button! Ah, it's so bright! No, oh, don't don't strobe don't, effect! Don't strobe it. That's even worse. Ha! Epilepsy! Oh. You're gonna die! Oh. God, I... Wow, I think he's not kidding, folks. He actually may... I think I'm hurting my friend. <laughs> I should do it less then. I'll do it less. I won't cut it out completely. Or not at all! Anyway, yes. Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. Interestingly enough, the font of Star Wars was in red. Usually it's yellow. It's in red. Yeah. I why think. are why are we think why do we? I think mean, it's everything red? looks it's, like the same color to me now after what you did. But yeah, red. Well, that's good. Very progressive of you, Ryan. <laughs> You've taken Doctor King's message to heart. That's right. I don't see color or anything right now. <laughs> um, no. So I'm thinking like, ooh, this is going to be major Sith overtones, right? Because you know, for following, you know, Empire was obviously a very dark one. So and because here's the thing, we need to know who is Snoke, right? We gotta figure out Snoke. We gotta figure out what happened to to Ben, you know, who when it became Kylo Ren. You know, obviously we're gonna get some Luke training yeah. of um of a Ray and everything, and that's yeah. that's gonna be so good. A lot of front flips and swamps, I'm guessing. I, I very much doubt Luke is gonna be on her back. <laughs> that would be horrible on her knees. <laughs> it's not Yoda, all right. You don't think they'll have like a throwaway line about that? Like, she'll start her... All right, let's begin your training. And then you see Luke starting to climb on her back. And she's like, what the hell are you doing? It's like, this is how it has to be done, Ray. And then, like, she does it. They're doing the flip stuff with her on the back. And she turns to the camera and goes, Ugh, I wish it was Frank Oz. <laughs> Break the Business Podcast, your repository for Frank Oz jokes. If you don't know who Frank Oz is, I don't want you listening to me anymore. Go away. I don't care if you did listen to Ryan at Nam. Oh, yeah. Real bold coming from you after they've already given us the download. Keep on keep on subscribing. Just don't listen to me. Oh, yeah. You don't deserve it. Keep the subscription. It's free. <laughs> 
So who do you think is the last Jedi? Well, but here's the thing, because everyone's talking like, oh, the last Jedi. Yeah, is it talking about Luke and like that'll be it? Like, well, but remember though, what's the plural of Jedi? Jedi. Yeah. The Jedi. That. Yeah. The last Jedi can still be more than one Jedi. It could be a reference to Luke and maybe Ray. Now, obviously, you know, are we gonna jump her up to being a Jedi immediately? No, because it took Luke three movies to get to a Jedi. Because even when Yoda was dying in Jedi, this is actually gonna be the confusing thing. Now we're gonna have two Jedi's. Because usually it was always like, oh yeah, Star Wars, Empire, and Jedi. Now you're gonna have another Jedi. Yeah. So this is gonna be So like the shorthand's getting all screwed up. Yeah, this is not gonna be cool. Because right, when you say like episode seven, you you say Force Awakens. Yeah. Or you say like New Hope or Empire, but yeah, now you have two Jedi, because you have Return of the Jedi and The Last Jedi. So what do you do there? What do you do? You're screwed. The whole thing's coming apart. Yeah, whatever. It's still cool. Anyway. No, no, no. I mean, with unfortunately the death of Carrie Fisher, I'm because I, I I have no idea now how this is going to change the storyline because all of her stuff for eight apparently was in the can. Yeah, but you know reports came out that like oh maybe she's going to have like a big arc in nine because I was thinking maybe it doesn't matter that she passed from a story perspective because like maybe they wanted to get rid of them all, unlike Lucas who was very precious with them and never like really had any we never lost any of our heroes. We've already lost Han. Yeah. What if in order to in order to make it about these new characters, sort of one by one they go away? It's quite possible. We lost Alec Guinness. We lost y- Yoda. <clears throat> Even though Alec Guinness still came back as a Force ghost in the, the next one, so that's I've already undermined my own argument. <laughs> but it's okay because I undermined it with Star Wars. That's right. So that makes it better. So there never, it never is an undermining. It's just wonderful Star Wars. And so when does this come out? December. Of this year. Of this year. Oh, that's... Because remember, we're going to basically get in Star Wars every single year. Because I think then in 2018, they think the Han Solo standalone is going to come out. Oh, okay. <clears throat> so it's it's going to be most likely Star Wars 8, and then the next year it's going to be the Han Solo movie, and then the next year it's going to be Star nine. Wars 9. And then what I would hope is a Boba Fett movie. Oh my God, I'd love a R-rated Boba Fett movie. Can I ask you this? As sure. Like, this, and this, this is me not being a jerk, and I'm not trying to anger you. This is just something that I don't really know as a Star Wars novice, and you are a Star Wars authority. Like, you're basically moving objects with your mind right now. So, <laughs> Boba Fett does not get a ton of screen time. Why is he worshipped by you Star Wars people? Because he's the Fett. Right, he he goes around, he does a couple cool things, and then he dies in Return of the Jedi. Like, why why does he have legendary uh, status with you people? Does he die, Ryan? Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Doesn't he fall into the the Sarlacc pit? Did I ah, get that very right? good. Yes, nailed it. Where he, where is the Sarlacc pit? I don't know, man. In a desert, the Dune Sea. Okay, you didn't know that. Anyway. I don't. The expanded, I should get credit for Star for Sarlacc Pit in the expanded universe. Spoiler alert! Because <laughs> remember, it takes a thousand years to digest. Okay. Boba Fett gets down there with all the other people that have fell in the Star Sarlacc Pit stomach in this battle, and um, he basically uses his flamethrower thing to cut his way out of the Sarlacc stomach, and he leaves and escapes. Okay, so but is part of the reason why you guys all love you Star Wars fans love Boba Fett is because. In the expanded universe, there's a like a broader narrative around well, him. Oh yeah, there's you... obviously a lot. Okay, because like all I know him from is the movies where he's had like you know nine minutes of total screen time. And I'm... do you know where Star- uh, Boba Fett was first introduced? Negative. What I mean, are you talking about? I mean, Empire. Is that a final answer? I mean, that's what I remember him from. Wrong. Wrong. I don't have the I don't have the wrong queued up. Sorry. The Star Wars Holiday Special in 1978 <laughs> was the introduction of Boba Fett. Really? In a cartoon version. That was the introduction of Boba Fett. And that was supposed to be the introduction of Lando Calrissian. Uh, this traitor, played by Art Carney, was... What? <laughs> Honestly, here's That would have made for a different movie. If you want to hear a great history of the Star Wars holiday special, listen to how did the, the podcast How Did This Get Made. I love it anyway. It's my favorite show. Definitely more so than this one. And... Um, they did a holiday special on the Star Wars holiday special. You can Google it, find it, because George Lucas is famous. Because it, it, it was only aired once on CBS in 1978 with Art Carney, with um, B. Arthur, with Harvey Korman. 
you know, all the wonderful variety show veterans. Did the Smothers Brothers show up? <laughs> no, but they might as well have been because the thing was filmed in Burbank. Oh, wow. Of course. Yeah. And um, aired once, never to be seen again. Lucas has always famously said if he had the time and a sledgehammer, he would go about destroying every single copy. <laughs> and he has both. Is there a place to, like, can, is this on YouTube? Can, go, go online and find it, because it gets changed and pulled down to every other place, but it's enough places. You just go online, Google it. It's long. Really? It's like two hours, but it feels so much longer. Like, I had to split it up, the viewing. I couldn't, <laughs> it's such a slog. Anyway, um, we didn't have a guest, so we're, we're going to continue just go right through. Yeah, uh, do you want to go ahead and do the next segment now? I think, I mean, I think he was able to get into the country. Oh. Hey, Canada Dave. Hey, Canada Dave. Yeah, right. How's it going, eh? It's going well. I'm really glad that uh, your country is not on the list. That. Oh yeah, that's that's really great. I was able to just you know walk across no problem, and a guy gave me a a hearty a laurel and hearty handshake, and uh, <laughs> oh, that's a joke, right? And I uh, was able to get me through there. So that that was nice. I I, I wonder why. Probably because I look like you. Anyway, can you introduce yourself to some of the new listeners? Oh, that's right, buddy. I'm Canada Dave. Uh, remember, not Canada Dave. Because that's right. you, you, you thought that, and that was a knife in my heart because you didn't know who your friend was. Yes. Canada Dave, you yeah. are our Canadian friend. From Canada. From Which would make sense. Yeah. Eh? And you come here to play a game with us that we do on this show. Well, I come here to hang out with my best bud in the whole wide world. Um, actually, kind of my only bud in the whole wide world, if you think about it. Because I really never mentioned any other ones. That's true. I, maybe I am all you've got. I mean, maybe in a certain way, the wolves are such an adversary that really my life has no meaning without them. So you could say in a very perverse way that they are my friends. But probably not because they just still want to eat me, buddy. No, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, what brings you here, Canada Dave? Oh, Ryan, it's so freaking cold up there. Oh, that's that's, a, that's as good of a reason as any. I guess Ryan, you don't really need an invitation. Right? It's January. Yeah. In Canada. Yeah, no, it's miserable. It's hell. <laughs> it's a very cold hell. Yeah. See, my hell is sort of in, in, in the religion of Canada, which is just Can Canada. That's our whole religion. So the whole country? One religion? Yeah, Canadianity. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Catch it. <laughs> Anyway, in, in Canadianity, you know, you worship the Maple Leaf and Getty Lee and, of course, the Puck. Of course. Oh, yeah, naturally. The three Is that your holy trinity? The three gods in one are the Maple Leaf, <laughs> Getty Lee, and the Puck. Of course. Don't ask which came first. There's still the debate among <laughs> Canadian scholars, eh? Amen. Oh, oh, Ryan, he made a joke, folks. Oh, that's a good one, buddy. Oh. That one, oh, that was really, really good, my friend. Wow, that yeah. was some, that's that's some SCTV humor there for you, guy. <laughs> SCTV. <laughs> yeah, yeah, SCTV in terms of the Toronto, okay, not, yeah, not sure. Chicago. We're not, uh, uh, yeah, no. yeah, no, we know what you meant, don't worry. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that was a good one, buddy. I know, I, feel, I, I tell you, I felt pretty good about I'm that. I'm still quite amazed. <laughs> I'm as shocked as you are. Normally, you're kind of a hoser when it comes to jokes. That's com completely agreed. That but was, uh, that was out. That was um, yeah. Ryan, yeah. Uh, speaking of hosers, you know, I got some. Ryan, I, I, I want to play a game with you. We're gonna go back to the. We're gonna play an original, buddy. We're going. We're going vintage here. Okay. Okay. We're going back to an original six of Canada games. <laughs> Dude, buddy, I got some Canadian towns here. Or do I, Ryan? Oh, so we're all right. Canadian town or hoser yeah. talk? Well, Canada town or hoser talk? You're very it, poor with the names. Sorry eh? about that. Very it's been poor. a while. It's been a while since we played this game. Uh, my, my fellow Canadian listeners, I'm so sorry that Ryan cannot remember any sort of Canadian names. <laughs> hey, and all you Nam listeners, welcome, eh? Yeah. How's it going? You know, it was probably it was really you guys are lucky, you know, because it's cold in Canada, but uh, in Vietnam it is very, very warm in the tropical climate of the jungles and everything. So I was really jealous of you when you went over there, you know. Oh, I should clarify, they were actually not in Nam. They were in uh, the Nam Convention, National Association of Music Merchandisers in Anaheim, California. It was also very cold though. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure you met a guy named Charlie there. 
All right. Thanks, eh? Yeah, you're very welcome. All right. Hey, so what's this lamp I'm doing over don't, here? Please don't click that lamp, candidate. But if it provides the warming light of the sun, I kind of want it. Yes, but it doesn't shine on you. It always just shines on me and burns out the inside of my retinas. That sounds a bit like hubris, Ryan, saying the sun always shines on you. You know what we Canadians say about hubris? What do we say about hubris? Oh, that's me stepped out. Remember? Oh, of course. All right. So you're going to give me some names, and I have to just tell you whether it is a real Canada town or is it just hoser talk. That's it, buddy. All right. Let's do this. Okay, buddy. Let's start out with an easy one. Port Inland. Port Inland. Yeah. Well, but if it was inland, it wouldn't really be a port. So that's got to be hoser talk. But remember, though, didn't you say that like the crazier the name sounds, the more likely it is it's a town? Yeah, but you also said this one was easy. So, are you sure? Yes, I'm sure. Okay, Ryan. In many ways, you're right. That is not a Canadian town. Yeah, but it is a town in Michigan. Oh, so in the spirit of not knowing if something is a, a town, you're kind of wrong there. Who would call their town Port Inland? If you're inland, does that de- by definition mean you don't really have a port? Ryan, what's good for the Michigander is good for the geese. <laughs> oh. We should do Michigan Town or Hoser Talk and have somebody come in with just like a really thick mid- Midwestern, a- Midwestern accent. Well, Ken and Dave's got some friends, some Metallica friends in Michigan. Maybe they could help. There you go. Ah, uh, buddy. That's, that's, uh, Canada Dave's got some good jokes going. I feel good. Canada Dave's got jokes. All right, buddy. Climax. Climax? Um, that it, sounds... Don't give me your answer too soon. Man! <laughs> For somebody from such a cold place, Canada Dave is on fire. Um, <laughs> I like that, eh? Wordplay. <laughs> I think that's ridiculous, though, but it might be ridiculous enough to be a Canada town. So I'm going to say, yes, it's a Canada town. Ryan, that's hoser talk. Oh, damn it. But it is a town in Minnesota. (laughs) Climax, Minnesota. So my other cold weather brethren and hockey brethren have this town in it. Wait, so are we playing just Canada town or Midwestern town? Ryan, we're playing Canada town or hoser talk. Fair enough. Are you saying those cities are hoser cities? Because, you know, now you're kind of criticizing America there. And that's not really been a... That might not be a good thing to do, given your uh, current immigration status and the oh, yeah. political climate. That's true, because we've never even discussed if I have legal status here or not. Or if I just, like, sort of row my way across a lake. Come in on a moose of some kind. <laughs> I, I tell you, when I do hear the Canada town or hoser talk music, for some reason I envision you... On top of a moose. Well, I mean, one of our, our, you know, you've got Amtrak here. We got moose tracks up there. <laughs> no, what? Yeah, moose tracks. You know what ice cream they serve on uh, on moose tracks line? I would assume moose tracks. Ryan, don't be stupid. It's strawberry. Oh, oh you walked into that. All right, so one for two. Not bad. Okay, buddy. Here's a cool town right here for you, Kirk Hammerton. No way. That that sounds too much like Kirk Hammett, who is the guy from Metallica. Yeah, I think Metal Dave's got to visit this town, maybe. Yeah, maybe. I mean, if it's real, or if it's, you know, just in Wisconsin. Uh, I'm going to say Kirk Hammertown. Is that right? Kirk Hammerton. Right? Hammerton. Ooh, Kirk Hammerton. If it was Kirk Hammerton, that definitely wouldn't be it. But Kirk Hammerton... I'm going to... Mm, mm, it's so crazy, though. It's so crazy that it... Like, you might be trying to mess with me here because I know how this works. I'm going to say that it's a Canada town. Ryan, that's not a Canada town. That's hoser talk. It is a town, though, in Yorkshire, England. (laughs) Remember, buddy, I got to keep changing what the game is for you. That's true. I got to keep moving that that line ahead so you're never one step ahead of Canada, Dave. Oh, man, now I'm one for three. I'm behind. Yeah. All right, let's let's do some of these you're, rapid you're, fire. You're, you're really not getting the stones in the house there, buddy. Ooh, not curling. Yeah. 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 You know, mixed doubles curling was on the other day. Mixed doubles curling. Yeah. So that's like just a man and a woman on a curling team? Yeah, or a man and a moose. That'd be pretty damn mixed. Oh, you got to see him sweeping away with well, the antlers. Just don't do oh, it. The referee pisses him off. Oh, we've seen some terrible things happen. 
I have a legit curling question. Okay. Why would curling even need to be separated by gender in the first place? I mean, isn't, I mean, is curling so physically demanding that the biological differences between the genders would even matter? Like, I, I just, I mean, I just don't understand curling, I guess. That's very egalitarian of you, right? That's very progressive. That's right. You should move up to Canada. And, and you know, convert to... Uh, Canadianity. Canadianity. And worship the Holy Trinity of the Maple Leaf, the Puck, and uh, what was the other one? Estelle Getty? I missed that one. Getty Lee. Getty Lee. There you go. I mean, she's fine, too, and everything. Just not a deity. Agreed. And I don't even think she's Canadian. Right. No, but, you know, you go to Mass, you get a cup of maple syrup that's transformed in just maple syrup. Oh, yeah. And you just drink it straight. Cause, ooh, that's, that's thick. Yeah, it is, a, it, it is a little annoying when you get to the holy syrup. You dip your hand in to give yourself the cross, and then you're just you're kind of sticky. I will say, that part has not been thought through in Canadianity. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Syrup. Yeah. Amen. All right. Oh, there it is again. This is great because comedy comes in three, so it's going to have to show up again. All right, let's do some of these rapid fire here. Okay, buddy. Robin Hood's Bay. Um, Canada Town. Hoser Talk. Damn it. Dumb Dulk. Canada Town. Okay, I'll give you that to you. I kind of tried to play the trick. That's actually the nickname of the town Dundalk in Ontario. Oh, all right. All right. Fair so enough. So there you go. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, Ryan uh, Enid. 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 I'm going to say that's Hoser Talk. It's probably a Rush song or something. Ryan, it's not a Rush song. It's a Bare Naked Lady song. Oh, of course. Damn it! That's I should have known that. I thought that would be funny because you've been only complaining your whole time, you know, whole life. Oh, Dave, why don't you make it a bare naked ladies song? Well, yeah, and and yes, I actually do know that song. It's off the Gordon album, um, and it is it, Enid. We never really knew each other. Anyway. Ryan, this is not BNL uh, song or hoser talk. If it was, I do really well at it. Yeah, we'll see. One day, I actually know that song. If if it wasn't copyright infringement, I'd sing it on the air. Yeah, go ahead, sing it. I'm not, I can't sing it. I'll sing a line from it. Is that don't you shine that light? Enid, we never really knew each other anyway. That song's twenty years old. <laughs> That's really good no, stuff, right? Oh god, it might be like twenty-five years old. Oh, that clarification was really important. I'm just it's old, man. That was a very That's important. That's all I'm trying okay. to say. Ryan, uh, the municipality of Dizart et al. That's <laughs> Uh, that's, that sounds like a, the name of authors of a work. I'm going to say that's Hoser Talk. Ryan, that's a Canadian town. <sighs> Short, it's called Dizzard et al. Because the full name of the town is Dizzard, Dudley, Harcourt, Geeford, Harburn, Bruton, Havelock, Ayr, and Clyde. It sounds like a Canadian law firm. It's a Canadian town- law firm or Hoser Talk. That'd it's be a, fun. It's a township. Ryan, don't be silly. You're right. That's There's only one law in Canada. <laughs> Trudeau's law. Trudeau's law. Yes, we like Trudeau now again. But last time, a few weeks ago, we didn't like Trudeau. Now we like Trudeau. Yeah, now he's back again. Hey. hey. So that, that, the, all that whole thing is in Ontario. Okay. Yeah. But, but, um, true story. Envelopes in that town have to be 50% bigger. Uh, I can imagine. They're not allowed to use regular envelopes <laughs> because it just, oh, buddy, it's just, the, the lines go on and on forever. It's really sad. Kids one year couldn't send out their letters to Santa Claus. Oh, that's the word. There I mean, was. It's got to be one of those giant ass manila ones, right? Yeah, so yeah, so uh, Dizzard et al. was in there. That Okay, there we go. Ryan, by Tor and the Snow Dog. That sounds like a great band name, and there's no way that's a town. That's got to be Hoser Talk. Are you sure? I'm not sure of anything. My eyes don't work. <laughs> it's a good thing here you, you listen with your ears. Buddy, you're, you know what, Ryan? But I'll go ahead and tell you that's that's sort of right. It's not a town, but it is a rush song. No, I mean, the damn rush song comes in at the end. Ugh. Uh, Wolfville. Didn't we do this one? Did we? Maybe it's Canada Town. Damn it! I was hoping you forget. <laughs> anyway, yeah, Wolfville, the seat of my nightmares and uh, the unholy uh, sort of capital of all wolfdom in Nova Scotia. There you go. <laughs> well it didn't end on a bang like i wanted it to well you should have had the bare naked lady song at the end not telling you how to do what you're doing but don't tell me what to do buddy i can rat you out you know why because you think they're gonna kick blind people out of the country yeah maybe one day 
my eyes still hurt. All right, I'm going to go like just lie down with my eyes closed for about three hours to make. Okay, can I crash on the couch, buddy? Because it, it, it is so cold, Ryan. Yeah. When I went to Mass the other day and I tried to have some of the sacramental syrup, it just, it was frozen. Oh, no. But, you know, hey, you turned that frown upside down. We ended up taking it out of there, putting it out of the pond, and started playing hockey with it. Oh, well, hey, it worked Made out. for a great puck. I can imagine. Okay, so anyway, I think that's really the end of it and everything. You fools. You forgot the one puck. Oh, the Trinity. Oh, what's that, uh, Kevin Dave, our French-Canadian friend? Yeah. Oh, oh buddy, this, this guy always tries to put something else in there. He says, right, you forgot about the poutine. Oh. The poutine, the wine, and the French. That is, that is the real Canadian entity, the Quebecois entity, uh, whatever it is, uh, Quebec Judaism, I don't know, uh, Quebecans, whatever it is, Zoroastrianism. <laughs> that whole segment was worth it just to hear yes. Quebecois Dave say Zoroastrianism. Uh, you, you fools, as the music goes away, as Quebecois Dave is still talking, just play it again. There's only so much music on there. You want uh, to, we're going to play it again? All right. Loop it in, you fool. Fair enough. Here loop. we go. Oh, wait. There you go. Now you've wasted so much time, I don't have anything to say anymore. <laughs> I go nailed. Okay. Well, you know what? Now we're just going to have to keep playing it because you told me to play it again. Then Trudeau is not the ruler of the one true Canada. That is Jacques Plante. Football Canadiens, go tender. Oh, very good. Yeah, because <laughs> I'm sure everybody knew that. All right. That's it, that is it for the show. I'm calling the show. I put the plug on the show and everything like that. If you want to come up to a great place, go up to uh, Montreal or uh, Quebec, Quebec City for you uh, fools that only speak English. Thank you all very much for listening. See you next week. You fools. <laughs> <laughs>